everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thank you guys for tuning in. You have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is Off the Bench. I'm so glad you guys have joined me today. I'm going to take just a little bit of time to give you an update on what's going on with my family with regard to an upcoming congressional election. And I'm going to answer a few of your questions. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys. So I'm glad that you're here as always. It's such an honor and a privilege for me to spend just a little bit of time with you five days a week. I wanted to tell you, thank you for those of you who are continuing to support the sponsors of this show. It's become increasingly important for us here at the show in light of the many changes that are happening in our economy and uh, everybody's feeling it. So I appreciate that very, very much. It helps us to continue to support the staff that work for us here at the the Off the Bench podcast and the many other things that God has called us to do. I want to also give you uh, a little bit of an update on my run for Congress. I realize I don't talk about it very much here at the show, but I'm going to give you an update because we're almost to the end of the primary season. So the primaries here in Washington state are uh, coming up on August the 2nd and ballots drop here on the 15th. So in just a few days, people are going to start getting ballots. Uh, We have, unfortunately, here in Washington state, almost exclusively now, uh, just mail-in ballots. It's really a big bummer. It's something I'd like to see change. But those will be in mailboxes very, very quickly. And I just would ask that for the next couple of weeks, as we lead up to the 2nd of August, that you keep our family and the campaign and the many people that are working with us in your prayers. It cannot be understated that what we are going through as a nation is spiritual at its root. That so many of the issues that we're facing in the in the country are spiritual. And I've been talking about this on the news and and just being very forthright about what I believe the root issues are that we're facing as a country. And for many, many years, I mean, my entire uh, life as a believer, you know, I've heard churches say, this is a spiritual battle. We've all sat through sermons on Ephesians 6. We've all heard uh, pastors say, suit up for war. This is a spiritual battle. And yet we continue to send people to the front lines of a spiritual battle that cannot wield a spiritual weapon. And I believe our nation is suffering for it. And so we need wisdom uh, in the days ahead. No matter who wins the election, they need prayer. They're going to need prayer because the battle is fierce and the battle is spiritual in nature. So For the next couple of days, uh, if you guys can keep our family, especially in your prayers, our children and our grandchildren and me and my husband especially, and then all of the many, many people that have been working really tirelessly alongside me for the last year and a half as I have been running to represent the wonderful people of Southwest Washington. And of course, we will keep you posted as developments happen. Certainly, I'm going to have a lot to say. After the election, win, lose, or draw, this was about obedience for me and walking out the purpose that God has for my life. And I hope that you've been inspired and encouraged. I realize we've gone through a lot of ups and downs as a country uh, in the last several years, particularly as it relates to COVID. And many of you heard my outspoken and continued outspoken opposition to the lockdowns and to the way that our government has handled the uh, the events of the last couple of years. And so I'm going to continue to be a voice for freedom and a voice for Jesus and a voice for families and for children. And so 
I just wanted to update you and to tell you we really appreciate your prayers and your support, uh, especially leading up to the August 2nd election. Also, those of you who can who are sending your questions into me here at the podcast, the way to do that is just to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. And many of you have been asking lately uh, about my my newest book. That's going to come out next year. There were a lot of things that kind of hung up the publishing industry, especially during COVID, a lot of supply chain issues. Believe it or not, paper's really hard to get. It's hard to get books out there. And so we went ahead and bumped the release of that book out yet again. But it is coming out. It's called MomStrong 365. And we're going to have very soon an opportunity for you to be able to pre-order that book, something that I am just cannot wait. I just cannot wait to see that in bookstores and to see you guys get your hands on it. I think you're going to be really, really blessed uh, by what God did uh, through the writing of that 365-day devotional. So I'm going to read a couple of your questions today. And a lot of the questions that are coming into the podcast now have to do with decisions that are coming down for the Supreme Court. But I'm also encouraged, as you guys heard me talk about yesterday, I'm very encouraged to see your questions circling uh, around issues of biblical authority, biblical inerrancy, talking about issues of doctrine, and being willing to to disagree with me. And I'm going to start by someone who's disagreeing with me today. I don't mind, you guys. I don't mind the pushback. If you can be polite, I can answer your question. Uh, Jennifer said, I have a response to the soundness of World Magazine. And so she said, I listened to your podcast on Monday, June 27th in which you answered a reader's question about the soundness of World Magazine. I'm not sure if you're aware that there was a split at World several months ago, maybe even a year ago, and quite a few anti-Trumpers ended up leaving. Please don't judge the current publication on what you observed two years ago. It is a sound and courageous uh, magazine and should be supported during these tumultuous times. So I think that's great. We looked up a couple of articles that do, in fact, back up what you are saying Jennifer, I did not know that Marvin Olasky had left the editorial staff at World Magazine. That actually encourages me. You know, I don't mind, and I'll 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 link back to these. It sounds to me like there's a there's a there was a pretty big shakeup happening, and that there are some there are some new staffers there, which uh, I think is fantastic. So I'm happy about that. I'm not, you know, if if there are anti-Trump people over at World Magazine, that's fine with me. Right. There are people that have different opinions about President Trump. You guys have heard me for many years. I mean, since 2016, I have been a supporter of President Trump, not a huge fan of his Twitter feed. Absolutely sure. I I cannot stand a lot of the endorsements that he has made. In fact, I'm going to try to get Kathy Barnett to come on the show with me at some point and talk about her run for Senate in Pennsylvania. And Trump is coming in and he's certainly putting his finger on the scale of a lot of these elections in an attempt to influence them. And he definitely does do that. But I'm not anti, you know, if if someone has a differing point of view, that's fine. What was bothering me, and it looks like they're making a course correction, was their ridiculous call to have Trump drop out of the election just a few days before the actual election was going to take place, which would have left the country. I mean, it was just it was just a ridiculous thing to suggest even at that point in 2016. But what was more concerning to me was the slide towards wokeism, the emphasis on social justice, the articles that I had read. And and to be fair, Jennifer, you're right. It's been a couple of years since I read the magazine. I'm pretty sure I took a picture of me throwing that magazine in my garbage can. (laughs) 
<laughs> posting it on social media. And I'm fairly certain I haven't read it since then. So I will tell you what, I'm going to check it out again and I'll get back to you guys and tell you what I think. I just think that we as believers and as Christians, we need to stand on what we know to be true about what God says in his word, what is right and what is wrong. It's the same with the Republican Party. I identify, if I can even use that word, it's such a ridiculous word now, uh, but I I became part of the Republican Party because I believe in the platform of conservatism and I believe in the Republican Party's platform. Do I like everything they do? No. But what I'm witnessing and observing is a real slide away from the principles that I believe have made the Republican Party the party of Abraham Lincoln, the party of abolishing slavery. The Republican Party was the party that did that. And what I'm seeing happening in the last several months, certainly the last year and a half that I've had a front row seat to it running for Congress, is a whole lot of conservatives backing away from conservative principles because they don't think it's going to be popular anymore. And I just want to stand up on the, you know, shout from the from the rooftops. No, stand on your convictions. Tell the truth. We are not a party or we shouldn't be a party of personality. We should be a party of platform and a party of policy. And we should stand on principle. So party and platform and principle and policy are what matters to me, not personality. And and certainly that's that wasn't what I saw reflected in World Magazine, but I'm very happy to hear that they're making some changes. It looks to me like Al Mohler is joining the team over at uh, World. So that's an interesting shift for sure. So I'll link back to some of those articles in the show notes today so that you guys can can read them. Uh, but I appreciate that very, very much that you guys are willing to write in about that. Next question, for goodness sake, you guys aren't, aren't pulling any punches anymore. Um, this one comes from Danielle in Missouri. She said, Heidi, I loved your podcast and your teachings. I recently took my kids out of school and we start homeschooling this month. So Danielle, Welcome to the homeschool journey. I promise you it's going to change your life. She said, my question is related to abortion. I have friends who keep telling me that making abortion illegal is taking away the rights of our First Amendment. And I was wondering your thoughts. That's a great question. We're going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, so the question is, is taking away abortion rights uh, have, well, I would say, does it have anything to do with our First Amendment freedoms? And I would say, no, you have the right to say whatever you want. That's what the First Amendment is all about, right? It's the freedom of religion. It has nothing to do, certainly nothing to do with the uh, taking of an innocent human life, which, which is what abortion is. What I was arguing was that this was a state's rights issue. I don't believe that it is clearly laid out. And and we're, you know, we're having finally, again, in this country, a very good and a very robust debate about what the Constitution actually says. So there's a whole lot of people that are saying the Constitution does give the right to life, right? And this is right right there in the Declaration of Independence that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that we've been endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights. And among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, the very first right that the founders recognized that we have, this unalienable right, is the right to life. And it would seem to people like me 
that abortion goes against our fundamental right to life. The problem in this country is that we are not what the left has done is they have said that they do not believe that this is a human being. And you, you've you seen people now, because I've shared them on my social media pages and talked about them here at the podcast, you've certainly seen pictures like of that eight-month pregnant woman who had written on her on her belly, not yet a human, while she was holding what appeared to me to be about an 18-month-old uh, child. This is delusion of the highest order. We have got to work in this country from a pro-life standpoint, I believe. Uh, If we want to see a legislative change, it's going to have to come in the form of an amendment to the Constitution. Someone asked me if I was in in favor of a federal ban on abortion. And for the same reason that I said I'm not in favor of Roe v. Wade, which gave a federal open door to abortion, I do not believe that it is the role of the federal government. It's not the role of the federal government to come in and say that you can have an abortion. I believe now you're going to see gay marriage challenged at the Supreme Court level, and they're going to use the same argument that marriage is a state's rights issue. It is not for the federal government to come in and make these decisions. And we've gone outside of the scope of what the law and what the Constitution allows. And so the Constitution says that if something is not explicitly given as a right to the federal government, it is a right of the states. And so For that reason, I would not support a federal ban on abortion. I think if we're going to have it stick in this country, we're going to need an amendment to the Constitution. And in the meantime, I'm thrilled to see this conversation go back to the states. We, I believe that the the wind is at the back of the pro-life movement. Science is at the back of the pro-life movement. Babies now, uh, we can see fetal development in ways that we have never seen it before. And we also have people that are speaking out finally, on the horrors of abortion and what abortion does and what the procedures actually look like. And so I am I welcome the discussion. And I think we're going to see millions and millions of babies' lives saved because states are starting to say, no, I'm sorry, but you can't, you can't do that here. Of course, we've got the other side. We've got, you know, these woke companies, you know, thank you, Apple and Comcast and Disney you know, and uh, and Dick's Sporting Goods and all these companies that are saying, hey, we will pay you to murder your child because let's let's face it, uh, it's financially in the best interest of these companies to kill a developing child than support it once it once it's breathing on its own outside its mother's womb. And so we've got huge issues in this nation, but I'm praying that we will eventually look at abortion like we do slavery, that not only will abortion be illegal, that there will be a constitutional amendment that guarantees that a child could not be slaughtered in the womb because we value life in this country. So not only would I love to see that federal amendment uh, or constitutional amendment rather happen, I would like us to look at abortion like we look at slavery, that not only is it illegal, it's unthinkable. We just could not even fathom in this country of ripping a little unborn baby uh, into a million pieces in its mother's womb and crushing its head and poisoning it, right? I would like to see... Uh, as move in that direction. So I realize that sort of took your question, Danielle, in a way that maybe you weren't asking. But again, I don't think this has anything to do with our First Amendment. It is not taking away your right to speech. You can absolutely say what you think. And I may disagree with you, but I'm going to defend to the death your right to say what's on your mind. The, the First Amendment guarantees you the right to speak and to free speech. And they did this because they they knew what it was like to be under tyrannical government. 
I mean, you go to, uh, we were just talking the other day to a friend of ours who was saying that in another country right now uh, in Russia, what has happened in the last several months, particularly uh, in the in the height of the Ukrainian war and the disaster that's happening over there, if you're caught three times on camera questioning Putin, they can put you in jail, in prison there for up to 15 years. We don't realize in this country the beautiful gift that we have and the freedoms that we've been given. And the First Amendment is one of those uh, freedoms that we should be absolutely fighting for. This is why I, I can't stand what Facebook and a lot of these social media platforms did, particularly in the middle of the Rona, or anybody that had a different opinion. And frankly, a lot of those opinions now coming out and people are going, oh my goodness, they were right. You know, they were right. Uh, and you had these woke companies and these, uh, you know, it was shameful. And it's still shameful. The fact checkers, what are these like 22 year olds sitting in their mom and dad's basement can't get a real job. So they, so they become uh, the fact checkers for the rest of the world. Shame on Facebook for that. And Instagram and Google and all of them and YouTube, you know, it's wrong. But that's where we are as a nation. Now that I believe is a violation of free speech. So, but abortion, I just don't, I, I don't see it, Daniel. So that'd be my answer to your question. Uh, last one, anonymous in Washington. A lot of you people are anonymous in Washington right now, I'm noticing. Uh, she said, Heidi, as someone who's become more interested in politics, how and where can I learn more about my local politician? And also, what are some things to look out for about politicians? So this is something I'm gonna be talking about quite a bit uh, in the future because I've learned a lot in the last year. Uh, this year and a half of living dangerously and 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 running for Congress and seeing a different side of the political world that we live in. But what I would tell you for sure is, A, do not rely on an endorsement. I don't care who it's from, even my endorsements. I'm happy when I get endorsements from people like Jack Hibbs and, uh, you know, the wonderful Rob McCoy and Kurt Cameron and Andre Ivanov and uh, General Boykin. These are wonderful endorsements. Dr. Dobson, I'm so thankful for these. But I would always tell you the the endorsement is an indicator, but it shouldn't be the decision maker. Does that make sense? And so when you see someone get an endorsement, you can go, oh, you know, that's good. But then go farther and really look at the this person's life. Remember that behind every single name on the ballot is an actual person. And not all of them have good intentions and not all of them care about the things that you care about. And so what you want to do is take the time to reach out. And people do it all the time to my campaign. Uh, they call and they ask specific questions and we give answers to those questions because running for office is basically a giant job interview. And what you're saying is, hey, I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to allow um, allow people to ask me questions because I'm running uh, to represent them, right? That is the role of a representative. I don't care if you're representing on the school board or if you're um, representing from the state house or from the federal houses. That's really important. So stay away from just making decisions based on endorsements alone. And then uh, I would encourage you call the, the office of the candidate, especially if you have specific questions. You know, does this candidate is, are you pro-life? Uh, where do you believe that life begins? Ask them these questions. Find out. They should say on their website, but some of their websites are pretty sneaky. And so it looks good. But then when you, when you do your homework, you know, not so good. Also, I have relied for many, many years on other people who are in my life, who I know uh, maybe had more time than I did. And those guys are actually doing the hard work of interviewing candidates. And so for, you know, for several years when my kids were little, that was my granddad. And so my grandpa would, 
do the research and the homework because he knew I had, you know, three little babies or four little babies at home and I couldn't do it. And so he would do that. And I would go over to his house with Jay and we would go through the voters pamphlet with him and he would explain about initiatives and about referendums and about different uh, candidates. And that helped us make our choice. But what you want to do is make an informed choice. And so it's not easy. You have to do your homework. And I think in this country for so long, we've thought, well, there has to be an easy button and that's what we want. We've got to get away from that mentality. And then I also will just encourage you, and I'll link back to this in the show notes today. If you are not registered to vote, get registered. We keep talking about uh, you know, voter fraud and, and is there voter fraud in this country? Absolutely. We've had voter fraud for years and years and years, but that's not the main problem that we're having. The main problem that we're having is an unengaged and uh, uneducated electorate. And we've got to fix that. And you start by making sure that you're registered to vote and then by doing your homework. All right, you guys, I'm out of time today. Thank you so much for listening to the show, for inviting me into your homes five days a week for supporting the people that are putting ads on this show, for listening and sharing this podcast, for becoming part of our family at MomStrong International and for purchasing the books that I've written. And if you're curious about what those are, you can find them anywhere the books are sold. Uh, The flagship book, of course, is Becoming MomStrong, How to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and Your Faith. We love you guys. You're in our prayers and we appreciate your continued prayers for our family leading up to the August 2nd primaries here in Washington State. Have a great day, and I will see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture. 